Welcome to Breakthrough Prayer Podcast with Pastor Camille Sophia. Thank you for joining us today. We hope it gives you a reason to know that the time for transformation is here, and that time is now. Here is Pastor Camille Sophia. Please turn your Bibles to Second Peter. We're just going to do from verse 5 to verse 10, just for time's sake. Second Peter, if you preach with me, we'll get you down in the next 30 minutes. Come on, somebody. Second Peter 5, we honor God, so we're just going to ask you to stand as we read the word. Uh, we can read alternatively. It's just five verses. It says, but also for this very reason, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge. Go ahead and read. To godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Go ahead and read. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Never stumble. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you for the word. We know the word heal, the word deliver, the word set free. Father God, I decrease. We pray that you will nurture this church to be able to take sound doctrine. That they will not have itchy ears and have in their conscience seared with a hot iron. But all of us, including myself, will open our spirit to the word. That the word can heal us, deliver us, and set us free. Father, let angels walk up and down in this place. Father, even now I pray for protection. We render every unclean spirit powerless. Water spirit, voodoo, obia, ex, ill spoken words, bad mind, jealousy, every wickedness. Ri mandu shaba. Ribiondo sabako. And Father, we pray even now. Ibasa, that souls will be transformed for your kingdom. As I stand as an oracle in this pulpit. Ribiyashaba. I thank you for what you're about to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands and give God praise. You can give your neighbor my sermon title, The Fruitful Believer. The Fruitful Believer. And I want to talk to you today about four things. Virtue. I want to talk to you about knowledge. I want to talk to you about self-control. And I also want to talk to you, last but not least, our perseverance. Amen. By way of introduction, 
as a born again believer in the kingdom, the Almighty God expects us to bear fruit. After we've gone through the process of salvation, there is an expectation to embark upon the journey of becoming a productive believer. You see, we're not called to be barren, but we're called to produce fruit. Bearing fruit is indicative that our Christian life is spiritually fertile and the fruits we yield denotes that the manifestation of the power of God is actively working in our lives. And the question I would like us to think about as we go and navigate our way through the sermon today is, are you a bearing, are you a believer that is bearing fruit? Are you bearing fruit? Uh, allow me to give you a synopsis of Second Peter. Can I get a little bit more bass in the mic, please? Second Peter is written by Peter. And Peter was one of the first men called to follow Jesus. He was more prominent of the 12 apostles in the Gospels and an outstanding leader in the early days of the Christian church. He was a man of mixed emotion who was very unstable. He wanted to do good, but he didn't always have the capacity to do so, but he had a close friendship with Jesus. He was first called Simon, which means read. However, Jesus changed his name to Peter, which means rock. His encounter with Jesus transformed him from an unstable reed to a rock. His encounter, I want to say it again, transformed him from an unstable reed to a rock. You see, the purpose of 1st and 2nd Peter was to encourage believers to remain steadfast amid persecution. Peter was about to face death because Nero now had sanctioned his death. But in the midst of his demise, Peter is writing to the church about the precious promises that we have in Jesus Christ. You see, this second letter dealt with the peril of apostasy, which was a threat to the church at that time. And listen what he says. He says, we are, whereby, verse 4, we are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these he might be partakers of the divine nature. He says, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue he says knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience 
godliness. To God, from godliness, he says brotherly kindness. And from brotherly kindness to charity. Peter admonishes us to become partakers of the divine nature of God. You see, it does not mean that we become gods, but rather Peter is teaching us to enter into a family relationship with God in which his children are to show forth, listen to this, the characteristics of their heavenly father. Once we are born again, our characteristics should reflect the nature of our holy God. But how do we reflect the nature of our holy God? You see, there are seven characteristics that every believer must possess in order to escape the corruption that's in the world. And I'm only going to do four today. The apostle Peter is admonishing us as a child of God to make sure that these characteristics are embedded in us. There's a call to develop a strong Christian character. You see, after you have given your life to God, there's a journey of shaping and molding. The first characteristic he says, you must have what? Virtue. What is virtue? The Greek is arete. It means piety and moral excellence. It also means spiritual courage before a hostile world. And it is the strength to stand up for what is right. Virtue is one's devoutness and devotion to a holy God. Peter is saying that now that you are born again, there's a responsibility to stand up for what is right. There has to be a moral excellence. You got to take your belief to another level. You cannot be threatened by anyone or anything once you are resolved that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. The great martyrs before us exhibited moral excellence of all of the disciples. Good God Almighty, many of them were martyred for what they believe in. Some of them were put in a pot of boiling water and some of them were hung upside down. They had to encounter all different types of martyrdom because they had to stand up for what they believe in. Good God Almighty, we're living in a time where we are not willing to stand up for what we believe in. But God is looking for devout men and women of God who are saying like the three Hebrew boys, if I perish, then let me perish. But I'm not going to bow. He's looking for some Daniela who is going to say, throw me to the lions feed me to the dogs 
but he's looking for people who will stand up uh, stand up for moral excellence uh, not looking for fans and followers and people to pat you on the shoulder uh, not looking for a bunch of men pleasers uh, for popularity or fame and importance uh, many will not preach truth because of fear of offending anyone some believers will show allegiance to friends and family but not unto the almighty God but God is birthing a generation that will say if I perish then I'm willing to perish good God almighty Adonai if you're going to escape the corruption in the world you got to add virtue you got to have devoteness you got to be relentless you got to be unstoppable you got to be apologetic you got to be a defender of the gospel come on somebody you got to muster up spiritual courage fear not God is looking for trustworthy men and women God will only use a soldier he can trust come on somebody you gotta set your face like flint in the midst of your adversity and you got to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord he's Lord he's Lord he's Lord the church is suffering from uh, pat me on the back pat me on the back pat me on the back but where are the devout men if you are gonna be devout you're gonna offend people you gotta get it straight and when you preach in the pulpit can I tell you different people receive the message differently some people call me and say pastor that was for me I said ouch all the way through the message but I needed it and some people will get followers and says you've offended me but good God Almighty when Jesus showed up good God Almighty it was the religious order of the day that was offended the Sadducees the Pharisees and the scribes good God Almighty but Jesus had to tell them he said you look you are like dead man sepulchre your white wash he said you hypocrites you think I'm preaching my own thing go back and read the gospel he says you hypocrite he looked at them he said you hypocrite good God Almighty because he wanted them to be saved when you are a devout you're gonna be scrutinized ah but notice the Apostle Paul he was devout you couldn't get the Apostle Paul to back up or let up because anything that God says that's what the Apostle Paul did ah the church would have experienced a greater revival if they saw people on the front line who was devout for the gospel of Jesus Christ if they saw men and a woman of God that says I'm gonna stand up for what is right it might cost me everything but I'm willing to stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ oh 
glory. It reminds me when Elijah and Elisha came on the scene. And when Elijah and Elisha came on the scene, uh, what happened is God used them to perform a lot of miracles. Shutting heaven for it didn't rain and opening heaven. Good God Almighty. Uh, you name it, they have done all the miracles. But Jezebel was always after Elisha and Elijah. And although Elisha and Elijah did many miracles, God couldn't use them to put down Jezebel because they were afraid. So every time uh, he shut up heaven, closed heaven, uh, caused the axe head to swim and cause ah, the woman that had just a little oil in the cruise to multiply all throughout good God almighty the famine every time Jezebel waved her hand the same prophet clenched the same prophets run away the same prophets hide he was under a juniper tree after he created the miracle under a juniper tree hiding from Jezebel because he was afraid so there's men and women of God who do miracles, but they're afraid. They're afraid of witch, wizard, offenders. They're afraid of Judases. They're afraid of people in the church. And so the pulpit, Rimashoboka, is under attack. But God says, I can't use Elisha or Elijah. He said to him, go and anoint Jehu. He ran in and anointed Jehu. Uh, he sent someone to anoint Jehu. And after he anointed Jehu, Jehu came out. And he says, where is Jezebel? He rode in and he killed the king, he killed the king first, Ahaziah, if, I, if my Bible reminds me properly. And then he walked in, ah, went down, I believe it was Jezreel. And when he saw Jezebel with the eunuchs, he says, throw her down. God is looking for some Jehu in this dispensation who will back up. But boss your shot. In the name of Jesus, the kingdom suffer violence. But you got to be devoted. You got to be steadfast, immovable. Come on, somebody. He's looking for people who are devoted, devoted, unstoppable. Anything God tells them, they're going to do it. And it's not personal. It's not personal. I can tell you that it's not personal. But when you're on assignment to make sure that men, men get to heaven, you can't take it personal. You've got to be willing to take the shot and know that I'd rather be a man, a God-pleaser. 
pleaser than a men pleaser because after I please men can I tell you I'm not tooting my horn I have helped so many different people and when warfare come they put me in the fire I have helped people. I've cried for people in situations where I don't want God to give them the judgment. I bow my knees. And when time come, they put me in the fire. So I purposed long ago, I'd rather to be a God pleaser than a man pleaser. Because God will back me up. But if you're waiting for men, after you've given them your heart, they will stab you right in it. But you better be devoted to our holy God. You got to be sold out. You got to say unto Jesus, I surrender unto him. I freely give. I made up my mind. But I'm going all the way. You can't be afraid. And I said something last week, and some people take offense to it, so I'm gonna put, I'm gonna explain what I mean. When I said I don't fear anyone in the church, it's not being, I'm not being ignorant or being arrogant. When you are a leader, you can't be afraid. You cannot be afraid. If the enemy sense that you're afraid, you're finished. You are finished. You don't want a weakling to lead you because the weakling will succumb to every person that come and speak to them. Can I tell you? I've been, I've got my training already. Can I give you a testimony? We were in the school. We needed tithe for the church to survive. The biggest tithe paying person had wanted Bishop to do all different kind of things. And one time he couldn't do it. And the person stopped paying their tithe. So I went through that already. And I said, God is the keeper. He's going to keep this ministry. He's going to send other people to pay your tithe and then some. Oh, but they test me again. Somebody says, don't you see that we're the only family here? And if we leave, what's going to happen to the church? Ah, this church belongs to Jesus Christ. This church belongs to Jesus Christ. This church is for Jesus. So I'm trying to let you know that when you're devout, Satan will raise up people to stop you. But be steadfast, immovable. Just gotta preach, thus said God, and let the Holy Ghost have his course. Good God Almighty, in this dispensation, God is calling the church to a higher order, a higher dimension, where we will forget about ourselves and begin to worship the Creator in spirit and in truth. He said, Add to it, not just virtue. He says, 
add to it knowledge. And I'm going to stop after this one. You see, there are two types of knowledge. Within business and knowledge management, two types of knowledge are usually defined. You have explicit and tacit knowledge. You see, the former refers to like a codified knowledge. So that is what you call like knowledge in documents. Some people are very good at reading and retaining and remembering. That is called uh, knowledge from reading. But there is another knowledge. The tacit knowledge is the knowledge that comes through experience. You see, anyone can read the 66 books of the Bible and memorize the scriptures. And the mind will allow you to remember all these things. But there's a higher dimension of knowledge that the church needs to embark upon. It's called experiential knowledge. You see, in this dispensation, everyone has access to Google. And we think because we're able to Google things, we're, we know more than others. Many are eloquent and intelligent. And many are seeking accreditation and, and, and things behind their names. But God is not looking for people for just wanting to know by reading. He's looking for those who desire to have an experience with him. The apostle Paul says, the only thing I'm interested in is that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Ah, he says, and the fellowship, listen what he says, the fellowship of his sufferings. He says, be made conformable to his death. The first step to knowledge of God is a personal encounter with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He says, he said, though I will have confidence in the flesh, he could have boasted. He says, when you talk about the flesh, he says, circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. He says he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. When you talk about zeal, he says persecuting the church. And when you talk about righteousness, in the law, he says blameless. But what things were gained to me, I counted as loss for Christ. He says, I count all things for the loss of the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. That I may know him. He didn't highlight accolades and inheritance and nationality and ethnicity. Those things were not important. You see, the church is lacking people who really know Christ through experiences. You see, it's necessary to know him, not just by reading the Bible, 
but through experiences. He was not a part of the 12. But yet still on the Damascus road after the Lord met him. He had a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ that transformed his life. He was never the same again. The church is running away from encounter. Anytime God set up a situation, we call everything voodoo and obia and ex. But sometimes God is saying, I got to bring you through it. Good God Almighty. Because it's when you are tested and tried that you will come out as pure gold. You can't stand on the other side and expect to come out as pure gold. God will only turn tests into testimonies. God, God Almighty, he's not about your head knowledge. But he says, I want to bring it deeper. You got to go a little bit deeper. Don't run away from the pruning. Don't run away from the trials. Don't break under the testing. Undergird yourself, Adonai ministries. There's a blessing in the crushing. Take your licking and keep on ticking. Come on, somebody. Weeping may last the night, but your joy is coming in the morning. It's from the experience that you're going to write the book. It's from the experience that you're going to preach better. It's from the experience that the glory is going to come. Don't give up on the experience. Say, Satan, I'm going to take my licking. I'm going to take my licking. I'm going to take my disgrace. One for the church. I'm going to take my shots. Another one for the ministry. I'm going to take the backbiting. I'm going to take the gossiping. I'm going to take the crucifixion. I'm going to take what they say about me. Oh, but they didn't know. It's not going to kill me. Because God is about to do something that they never seen before. Adonai. Arise. Arise, arise, your experiences. You see, when you know God through your experiences, no one, no one, no one can tell you otherwise. I would rather take counseling from somebody who has been through it that someone that went to York study a bunch of books and come back with a BA and a master's and a PhD. But you see the one who have experience, they, they say who feels it, knows it, and you can't tell them otherwise. The reason why we have weak church is because many don't stay the course, but you gotta persevere. Oh, from the knowledge and from the experience, you gotta say, for God I live, and for God I die. I know the mountain is before me, but he's a God of the mountain. I know the valley is before me, but he's a God of the valley. I know the sickness is before me, 
but he's a healer. I know I got financial problem, but he's a blesser. He's my Jehovah Jireh, my Jehovah Tescuna, my El Shaddai. He's the Alpha, he's the Omega, he's the beginning, he's the end. He's my Jehovah Tescuna, good God Almighty. He never fail. Get to know him. Get to know him. Get to know him. Get to know him. Get to know about your battle. Get to see what he's doing in your life. Stop having a pity party all the time and feeling sorry for yourself. God will only use a soldier he can trust. You got to undergird yourself. Undergird yourself like a warrior in the kingdom and say, God, you are getting to make me understand more about you. God, I'm willing to learn. I know it's not easy and I'm roasting in the fire. Let your enemies laugh because they'll come to celebrate you. Let them laugh. They'll come to celebrate you. But you know how to be a soldier. You gotta know how to look cute in your storm. Know how to look in your battle. Because God is saying, I got to, I got to stretch you a little bit. I got to stretch you. I got to let you know who I am. You can read the 66 books upside down. But until you experience me, you cannot speak like somebody who knows who I am. But when I'm finished with you, you can take command. You can take authority over demon kingdom, over water kingdom, over voodoo, over exa. Over Obia, over incantation, because you pulled out so much glory. Glory running in you, glory all over you, glory in your mind, glory in your spirit, glory in your heart, glory. Lucy's house. Here comes the glory. Here comes the glory. Watch her. Watch her. Here comes the glory. Watch her. Here the cliff. Here it comes. Watch her. Fire. Fire. Let her run. Fire. 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 Holy Ghost. Fire, fire, that's the glory on earth. That's the glory. Here comes the glory. Lift your hands. Stand and lift your hands. 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 Fire! 
fire to the enemy. Fire! Fire! Holy Ghost! Pass anointing, pass anointing, reach out, reach out to a holy God. He's gonna touch you, he's gonna touch you. Watch her, watch her, watch her. He's gonna touch you, he's gonna touch you. Watch her. Reach out, reach out, reach out. It's time for your breakthrough. Time for your deliverance. Come on, somebody. Speak to that thing. Speak to it now. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost. thing before I close and it's an observation take me down he says 
One thing I observe in the kingdom that the people who master the art of enduring pressure carries a greater grace than a quitter. carry a greater grace right in your situation I say God I love you it hurts like hell but it's not going to mess with my relationship with you it's going to make me take my devotion to a higher level. I'm closing two virtues, two characteristics. Virtue. Thanks for listening. Our mission here is simple, to bring you the saving love of Jesus Christ through salvation. We hope you'd subscribe and share this podcast so you can receive the latest podcast in your daily victorious Christian walk with God. We also invite you to visit our website, www.adoniministries.ca to know more about us. You can also follow us on social media to join our live services online to stay connected. Worship with us this Sunday at Adonai Ministries Toronto, located at 1111 Finch Avenue West, Unit 34, Toronto, Canada. We'd love to pray with you today. Simply call plus one 647 882 9708 right now. We love to appreciate your financial support and donations. It keeps the ministry going. We're praying for you. Adonai Ministries, transforming lives for the kingdom of God. 